my hot girl healers and spiritual baddies. Welcome to the Spiritual Baddies Club, where we get real about healing, hustling, and stepping into our power without any of the BS. I'm your host, hottie and healer, Alexandria, and our vision here is pretty simple. We hold space for the club. Whether we're crying in the club or having massive up levels, this podcast is for women ready to normalize spirituality into their everyday lives. Expect raw conversations on everything from eclectic spiritual tools to conscious entrepreneurship. My promise is you'll leave feeling pumped, clear, and lit up to make aligned choices towards embodying your highest and hottest self. Remember, the hottest thing we can do is heal. Now, who's ready for this week's baddie download? Welcome to the club. Hey, hotties. Welcome back to the club. I'm your host and healer, Alex, and I have the gorgeous, most incredible Maggie here with us today. I'm beyond excited. She is such an incredible special guest and honestly someone who's near and dear to my heart. Maggie's a talented medium and spirit guide messenger who provides super powerful insights through past life regression and intuitive tarot readings. Maggie has an incredible gift for connecting with the spirit realms and bringing through messages to help guide others on their personal journeys. Whether she's tapping into past lives to better understand the present or using tarot cards to reveal truth about one's life, destiny. Her work as a psychic provides clarity, healing, and action to someone living their absolute best life, which is all we're ever really trying to do here at the Spiritual Baddies Club. So hi, Maggie. Welcome. I'm so excited and obsessed with you and happy you're here. I'm going to cry at that intro. What the actual hell? <laughs> Thank you so much. I was, it was supposed to be a week, like a, a sentence. And I was like, it's okay. I'm just going to write a dissertation about how incredible Maggie is and how talented and powerful she is. And maybe we'll just like end the podcast there. Just be like, and be like, this is Maggie. Say hi. Okay. Bye everyone. Yeah. Bye everyone. She's powerful. I told you. Okay. See you later. Bye. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I mean, buckle in for the longest episode of your life because we can't stop talking. No, truly. So if there's one thing about me and Maggie, it's that we're not going to stop. From the first day we met to literally now, anytime you hop us on a phone call and a text exchange, like it doesn't matter. We could talk every other day and it'll still be like a four hour long conversation that also practices a ton of ADHD because we're not going to stay on one topic. We're not going to stay on one topic. We're going to go from topic to topic to topic. But like, what is girlhood if you don't have like a girlfriend in your life who you can exist that we way. are gemini's with adhd and i wouldn't have it any other way or two little chaotic twins <laughs> yeah and i'm kind of obsessed with it to be honest i feel so seen <laughs> so seen well thank you for being on the show today as you know the spiritual baddies club is really an opportunity for women to understand that like spirituality is meant to be integrated it's meant to be normalized it doesn't have a look it's really here for all of us we're just not used to actually doing it so I kind of want to talk about how you and I connected because I actually think that the way we connected is a perfect example of what this community is supposed to be I think it was so divine the way that we connected oh who would have known who would have thought because we connected (laughs) I think I literally saw you on my for you page and I commented on your reel and I didn't even, I don't even think I followed you. I just commented being like, I'm obsessed with your energy. And then you followed me and sent me a message and you're like, I kind of, I'm obsessed with you. And then we just hopped on a call and we were chatting about Immediately businesses after. and I'm like sitting in downtown Copenhagen, chaotically outside in the middle of winter. Don't ask me why. And 
we're just we chatted forever I think it was supposed to be like half an hour call and then we were like let's just talk about our lives forever yeah (laughs) I felt so seen by a stranger like there was just something about it I immediately messaged you and I was like your vibe is really sick and like I need to understand it more right now in this exact moment and hopped on the call and just everything began to unfold from there I was so intrigued about your life and about your experience and like the fact that you were in the middle of downtown Copenhagen as I'm sitting in Philadelphia I was like (laughs) I that's pretty, that's pretty sick. Like amazing. And then just even here, I think you and I were having such interesting parallels in our businesses, but they were so wildly different that like, I felt like we both were able to support each other with what the other one exactly needed. Like where you were having some, not necessarily struggles, but just like either disbelief or a little bit of like not feeling clear, I was able to be like, wait, 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 let me help you. Like I have all this stuff. Let me help you. And then in vice versa. And I remember that, like you felt so moved by my ability to support you that you were like, I have to give you a free PLR. And I was like, what do you mean? I don't even know what that is. I was like, if you're open, I really appreciate everything you helped me with. And I want to give you a passive regression because you did that to me out of the kindness of your heart. And we talked way too long. And I think like the thing for me though, is like, it was a testament of like, like your relationships with people should always feel like a give and a take. And like, obviously that was a direct give and take, so Mm -hmm. to say, but like, no, like it was such a beautiful testament of like, when you support other people, other women, other experiences, like this is what co-collaboration is supposed to look like. This is why it's so healthy to do that. This is why you want to surround yourself in environments that like actually let you feel expansive. It should never feel as though you can't have that type of mutual exchange or that type of love for somebody else. So I was deeply grateful. And then it was clearly supposed to be a soulmate match because ironically we meet and like, I've never traveled to Europe before, but that is ironically the year that my mom, my aunt and my cousin and I all decide like, okay, we're going to Europe. It's happening. And ironically our dates coincided in Paris. Yes. For literally, I think you were there two, three days. Like, not very long. I was there for, like, literally three or four days, and ironically, I caught you on my very last day, and it was perfect. And it was one of those things where I don't think either of us, I don't think so anyways, but I know I hadn't met anyone, like, in real life from the online space, or at least this online space, Mm -hmm. you know, of coaching. Like, I had other coaching friends in different areas, and now I've met so many more people, but at that time, I hadn't really connected in real life with someone and I was remember I was so nervous I had no service on my phone and I'm like running through late because the metro was late and I'm like I hope that she's still there and I'm running to meet you at this place in Paris and we talked for hours and I remember walking with you to get your uber and we were both like we needed 10 more hours like this was not enough time oh 1000 percent <laughs> it was also like honestly what it reminded me of too is I think that's what like one of the things that's not normalized enough is that like we get so stuck in our ways in our own lives. And this is for anybody who like doesn't have a spiritual business, when you have the opportunity to go travel and like do those women's retreats or like spend a weekend away, like don't ever fear actually doing them. Cause like you don't realize that like the people you meet are that connected. Like we literally could have talked for 10 hours that day and like literally running around the city. And it was so funny too. Cause it was the first time, like I was traveling with family. So it was the first time I really got to like adventure out on my own and like 
do the things alone, which also is really, really cool for me to like know that I can like show up somewhere and really trust that like the connections that I had established earlier on were like allowed to expand, even though I've never met somebody in this capacity before. And it was an immediate immediately spark. easy. It, it just immediately made, easy. So easy. I think too, like we tell ourselves that like friendships need to be really difficult. Like friendships need to be hard or like connection in that way needs to be really manipulated and for us since day one it's always been incredibly like I could go six months not talking to you but then on the day that I do like I'm like girl what is happening what's going on I have so much to update you on and it just it unravels to be this very very connective and needed experience I think everyone needs their everyone not only needs their girlfriends that you talk to every day that you're you know the most connected to but you also need the people who like uphold and support you even if you don't talk oh, yeah. all the time and like those those friendships are just and as that's valued. something I've really learned like not only with our friendship but in friendships I have because I did move like I for those of you who don't know me I am Canadian but I'm living in Copenhagen I'm living in Europe and there's time difference there's space difference you don't see your friends like I don't see my friends from home ever <laughs> maybe once yeah. every three years and I can trust that even though there's so much distance and because of that, we don't talk every day. There is like, we're on our own schedules, but the love is still there and the support is still there. And I think it's that thing that you really learn when you dive into what matters in your life and you dive into that spirituality of always just having quality over quantity. Like, I think that's always going to be the case of just, I would so much rather have quality in my life and like deep meaningful things than a quantity of things that just scratch the surface no you said it so beautifully and what I'm about to say might sound really harsh (laughs) but like so often I hear from people like well this is just my situation this is what it is like no or like they choose almost to be not necessarily miserable in their experience but like choose not to make it work choose not to try and I think what you're also speaking to is that like, if you're going to choose quality over quantity, it means that you're also willing to make your situation work so that you always are coming back to your sense of fulfillment and your sense of joy and happiness and connectivity. Like there is an actual piece of that, that we have to take responsibility of. I think that like, I'm at least in an age where I realized that like, I moved away from all my best mm-hmm. friends. Like, and I think that's, a lot of people's experience without realizing or even if you didn't move away you like you got married or you started a family or like your life has changed and I think as women like the conversation that doesn't happen is that like just because there might be physical distance or things have to look differently it's your responsibility to keep up with mm-hmm. it and like make it fit what you have now like change is a good thing you just have to make it fit though and you have to do the work to and do to that. understand that everyone has such individual lives and everyone's going through so much that you can know that that person will be there for you if you need them, but you don't need them there all the time. And I think, I mean, this is something totally I didn't expect for us to talk about. And it's a little more, you know, maybe everyday life than deeply, deeply spiritual. But I think it is, you need to be healed enough to understand that just because you might message someone and they don't answer you or they don't answer you right away doesn't mean they hate you, doesn't mean they don't care about you, doesn't mean they're not your friend. It just means that they have an intricate life and there could be stuff going on that you don't understand and you don't need to understand. Like they don't owe you any answers. Like for me, I've, you know, 
I have ADHD. I forget all the time. It doesn't mean I don't care about you. It just means that my brain is wired to move on to the next thing so quickly. So if I don't do it then and there, my brain might not remember right away. Or, you know, I, I, I live a busy life. I'm in a different time zone. And I'm very lucky that a lot of the people who are really close to me understand that just because I don't message them all the time and I might talk to them once every four months doesn't mean I don't have deep love and care for them. And I expect this, like, you know, I feel the same way. I don't expect people to turn around and then say, oh, uh, you, I, I, you know, I'm not going to say to them, you didn't message me right away. You didn't message me back. You don't care. It's like, no, no, no. They have their own stuff that I don't even know what's going on with their life right now. And yeah having an understanding that just because you don't have immediate connection or immediate like response from people and you don't have that 24 seven access to them doesn't mean they're not a true connection. Doesn't mean they're not a true friend. The truest of people like hold you down when you need it, but you don't need them there all the time at the same time. Absolutely. And I think what you're speaking to is something deeper, which is like, we've come into a place where everything has to be like, it's kind of like a tit for tat, whether it's in your friendships, your relationships, your actions, which I never, one of the things I realized this past holiday season is that I actually want to do nothing out of obligation. Mm-hmm. Like nothing should be because I have to, or because if I don't, then what's going to be the adversary of like that. So like, if I don't reach out first, then I'm, am I never going to hear from you? That's not fair. If I don't, you know, if I don't do it this way, does this mean we don't get to see each other, spend time together? And I think in what you just even described, what I've also taken from that is that like, if someone takes a while to reply back to you, if someone takes a while or responds differently than what you expected or what you would have done or what you'd have said, like, it's actually none of your business. Like, you cannot be upset or have an opinion over someone else's experience or reactions. All you can do is be open and like understand how you want to interact with people. And so if someone's cadence is not to your liking or to your preference, like you either have to make the decision to accept that about them or take the relationships in your life who do prioritize those back and forths a little bit quicker, maybe, or a little bit more effectively, or that are a little bit deeper. Like you have to understand what you need and then search that for yourself, but you can't expect others to change the way they are to then adapt to you. I come personally from a culture of like respect obviously is everything, but like respect is not something that's necessarily like earned. It's just like straight up given. And something that I struggle with in my life is that like, I have relationships in my life because of that, that like, I don't care to just give it because I don't even really care to uphold that relationship. And it's now turning into something I'm working on. Mm -hmm. I like the pendulum's always swung for me. We're either, we're going to fight to have this relationship, even if we like secretly don't like each other, or we're just going to cut everyone off. Even if we love each other, we're just going to cut you off. And like, I've noticed that my life has been a big pendulum swing in relationships of like, I'm either going to like death cut you off or I'm going to like accept you even though you like don't treat me well or even though like I don't really connect with you and I'm finding that balance and I think what you're speaking to so beautifully is the balance like you need to be healed enough to understand that like not everyone needs to like you and you don't need to be connecting with everybody all the time and at the same time like you don't just cut people off and like put up weird boundaries and like almost like guardrails around yourself in fear of rejection or getting exactly and I think it comes from this space of we are so programmed for immediate gratification and that like instant gratification in our world like we 
don't even have the patience for that three minute long <laughs> TikTok. You know, we we like that oh, immediate yeah. gratification. We watch like Netflix and we can't wait one week for the next episode. Like we're just so used to that immediate gratification. And I think that happens within our relationships, but I also think we're like segueing here a little bit into something I think you want to talk about a little more too, but it also shows up, I think, in spirituality and in healing. Like so many people want that magic fix. Like I want this thing. How can I manifest it? And I'm like, girly pop, you have so much deep healing to do. So much (laughs) deep healing to do. Like you want to manifest $5,000. That's great. We got to do three months of shadow work first because you are not in the space. You are not in the healed space to feel that you are worthy enough to call that in. And people don't necessarily want to hear that. They just want to say, what's the magic wand? Like pull the tarot card that tells me that everything's going to be perfect. And I'm like, so sorry, you got the tower card and you need to face change and actually go for it. And they're like, what do you mean? Or I'm like, babe, you got to cut that person off. He is toxic. And they're like, but I love them. And I'm like, well, then this is not (laughs) what you were asking for. You were asking for just some gratification, some immediate, like everything's going to be perfect. And spirituality isn't that, but I feel like a lot of people come to it in search for either what they want or like the quick fix when a lot of the time it's deep hard work or with something like past life regression people are so interested in it but they're like how does it work like how is it going to help me and I'm like well sometimes it's not even about helping it's just like knowing yourself more can be really really fucking cool and yes second of all it's kind of like it's passive healing I'm such a big fan of passive healing where you're like, you're just going to go, you're going to go into your subconscious mind and you're going to allow for the next month for that just to slot into place and for the healing to come from it, what needs to come from it. People are like, what do I do with this information? And I'm like, well, you can do this, but really you just got to come to terms with it and see what that means now and how that fits into your life now. And passive healing and deep spiritual healing, like they're different, but they also go hand in hand. And I think you need to take them seriously and you need to be patient with them. And that's just not something that we're always set up to do anymore. No, not at all. And I, I, I struggle with this in my own life sometimes, but mostly like it's the hardest thing to get through a client's like experience or through their head of like, it actually has nothing to do with your action anymore. We actually have to take it back to the subconscious and like really dive into your beliefs. Like you actually don't believe you're worthy of this. You actually don't believe that you can have better than this. You actually don't believe that like this could be your life. Instead, you're really wrapped in what you, how, how big you think it can get and it can get so much bigger. You just, you don't believe it. And, you know, to your point exactly, I think that it becomes an incredibly spiritual experience that way. Like, you have to then decide, are you going to play with the surface level gratification or like, are you willing to do the deep inner work and the deep inner changes? Okay. So I know on this podcast, I shared openly about my journey through feeling blocked from my higher purpose not too long ago. I thought finding the right mentor or program would give me the answers, but the breakthrough actually came in when I made these three inner shifts. First, I realized my power lived within. My subconscious beliefs and intuition held the soulful solutions I needed, not any sort of mentor or system. 
Second, I committed fully to doing the inner work. Human design unveiled my energetic blueprint. Past life regression revealed limiting beliefs I was holding on to. Subconscious reprogramming really allowed me to shift my daily routines to rewrite my inner programs. All of these inspired ideas began flowing quicker and quicker and quicker, so fast I could barely grasp onto them. And third, as tough as it was, I put way more energy into building my vision rather than worrying what if this fails. I had to override the doubts and keep my focus on desires. As I moved through these vital internal shifts, external miracles showed up that once seemed impossible. Aligned connections, partnerships, income streams, collaborations. I literally tapped into divine flow by living by my soul's blueprint. When you understand your divine blueprint, you become magnetic. We start with the inner work and we watch as our outer world responds. If fear, anxiety, or confusion block you from your purpose, let me help. Head to the show notes and join the divine blueprint. We'll unravel your map together through human design, past life regression, and subconscious coaching. Can't wait to see you there, my loves. My very first past life regression was actually held by you, which is so crazy now in hindsight. So like you gave me my first past life regression after me, Alex, never understanding or hearing of a past life regression in my life. I had heard of Akashic Records. I had heard of like Reiki, but like never had I ever heard of past life regression. Only to fast forward about a year and a half later, the woman who I would end up doing my like my certification with, I had no idea, was the same person you did your certification yeah. with to the point where you showed up to a meeting of ours to like lead a lecture. And I like turned on my laptop and I was like, oh my God, it's Maggie. <laughs> yes, like so exciting. So I would love to hear from your perspective. We actually haven't spoken about past life regression on the pod yet. So like, what is it in your language for me how I always explain it is that it's a spiritual session and it uses hypnotic techniques to help you go into your subconscious mind and actually tap into past life regression memory or past life regression sorry past life memories of who you were at different times of your existence Mm -hmm. on this earth in other dimensions people will go to sometimes in other places like it's just other lives that your soul has lived and other places that your soul has been. And it allows you to understand how and why you act the way you do and how and why certain cycles and things are showing up in your life now. So maybe you have a fear of something and you never really understood why. You're like, I'm terrified of water, but I've had no negative experiences with water. It's probably from a past life. Maybe you're attracting certain people and you're like, why do I keep going through the same cycle? I just, I don't understand. It's probably from a past life. Like there's so many things that impact the way that our brain subconsciously works because energetically we're wired to react in that way. And past life regression can just shine a light on that and help you understand. And that's where the passive healing comes in because you see this, you have an understanding it starts to click. And once you have an understanding of something, you might be easier on it, or you might then be able to notice it and shift your behavior. And it just happens naturally. It doesn't have to be this huge thing that you have to heal. It just gets to click into place from mere understanding and uncovering of these traits. Yeah, I think that this is actually a beautiful segue to like my first past life regression, which I've never really shared publicly. But 
without getting into like the deep like I, we could go so detailed in this because I remember I, like it was such a canon event in my life like I will never forget that past life regression I'll never forget how I felt I'll never forget what I saw because it was so much of me that I was secretly denying and like really not be like subconsciously ignoring even though I knew deep down that like this was meant for me or this experience I needed I was quieting it so to dive in basically Maggie does this beautiful job where I'm like laying and I decide to pick the darkest room in my house, which at that time was my guest room. I have my dogs all around me. I lit some candles and like you created such a really beautiful experience for me to trust you. Now, really interestingly, I like popped my headphones in. Um, I'm a super visual person. Like whenever I'm in meditation, like my third eye, like even I get like almost what feels like a I thought you were looking at me. Didn't I say that? I said, I thought I kept looking (laughs) at the camera because I felt like I was being watched. And I was like, does she have her eyes open? Like, it doesn't look like it, but I felt it so strongly. Yes. It like feels like it aches. Like if you could just think if like for the listeners, like, okay, you're two eyeballs, you have eyebrows in the center, it's throbbing. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what is happening? And there's colors and there's visualizations. And so in this past life, it brought me, I guess, to preface this, when she asked me my intention, I chronically, if you know me, or if you ever had a reading from, or like done, and I'm the person that's getting the reading, I just have a problem with asking anything personal. I'm just like, tell me about my business. Tell me about like my life. It's just, I guess, because my business is my baby. And at the time, especially I was in such a pivotal moment. I was about a year and a half away from getting married, or at that time, about a year almost from getting married. I just wanted to know about my business and like my longevity with it. And It brought me to one of my very first lives where I was the medicine woman of like a very small tribe, which felt like for the listeners, I think they already know this, but I'm Dominican, first born in this country. So all my family is born out there. And it brought me to this life where I was clearly the medicine woman of this small Caribbean village. Like when someone got sick, they came to me. And I had, she brought me through multiple life events and I had a bunch of sons, but like no real like like husband figure or partner figure, I should say. Um, And I, in one of these life events, I think I had four sons and one of them, one of them, the youngest one gets terribly ill and I'm unable to heal him. Like I try everything. Like it's my job to heal this community. I've healed everybody, but I can't heal him. And he ends up passing away. And the guilt and shame that I had from that made me stop taking care of everybody else. And like, basically like, the village died. Like it was very traumatic. It was not, it wasn't great. And I died with a lot of guilt and shame that like, I actually didn't step in. Like I had a purpose and I had lost all of it because I took ownership for something that wasn't mine. And where it paralleled into my life now and became really clear is like, I had this, I was very much so in my spiritual closet for a very long time. I was really afraid to identify as spiritual. I was really afraid to tell people how intuitive or clairvoyant I am. I was afraid to like, be this woman out in the world and like say that I was deeply connected to not only like the spiritual realm in this way, but like in the way I want to help people. I was masking my ability to help people in business and just acting like spirituality was a passion and that like I love spirituality rather than a deep knowing that like, no, this is where I'm meant to be. This is what I'm meant to do. And Maggie so beautifully was able to, especially by the end of it, connect me to that vision and be like, no girl, like you have to step out. Like you need to start owning that you are meant to be a healer. You need to start actually using that word. You need to start actually like 
reading the charts that you're supposed to be reading, pulling the cards you're supposed to be pulling for people and like owning it. And something that was so subconscious, it just became more conscious. The content I started creating, the way I would talk to people about my gifts, the um, programs that I started creating, rather than making them so masculine and so rooted in business, I started really allowing spirituality and my gifts to now influence. And I think what I've now been able to accept a year and a half later is that like, my role in this lifetime is I'm still that same medicine woman, but now it's about modern spiritualism. It's about how do I heal from this place now and not attach myself to someone's experience, but rather give them all the tools that I have and watch that evolve their life and their experience. Like it's not my job to fix anything, but to help support. And this is what we're talking about, about that passive healing where I feel like you started dipping your toe into it a little bit, but it's really been in the past four-ish, five-ish months that you've really been like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is me. Like I remember talking to you after your past life regression training in like October-ish and you were literally like, yeah, I feel like I'm not just a coach. Like I, I, I really am a healer more than I am this like business coach. And I'm really starting to align more with the term of healer. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. And that, yeah, maybe took a year, year and a bit for it to really sink in. And it's like, yeah, that's where we don't get that immediate gratification. But isn't it so much better? Do you know how much longer it would have taken you to come to that realization without doing stuff like past life regression, where you're like, let me take this thing that's bubbling in my subconscious and bring it straight Mm -hmm. to the forefront. And it also gives you that thing that when you take those shifts in life, those changes, those leaps of being like, you know what, I am going to shift up my business a little bit. I am going to change up how I feel about my work and my energy behind my work a little bit. And I am going to, for you anyways, come out of the spiritual closet, or I'm going to go this way. It gives you that thing to lean on to be like, yeah, but I can feel it now. Like I can feel it so much more strongly rather than this little whisper of a feeling being like, you need to do this. It's now like screaming like, (laughs) yes, okay, I know this is what I meant to do because I've done it before. And this time I get to do it like not properly, but like fully like with my chest, you know? Yes. No. And I think there's an ownership to that. So I hear this a lot, especially because we actually have a lot of spiritual baddie mothers who listen to this podcast. And I actually hear this a lot where it's like, they're just trying to savor so much time. And like, they're trying so hard to not let things change, but like, that's the one thing they can't control. And like, to what you're speaking to exactly, it's like, no, but they're supposed to. Like change is actually a really beautiful thing. And the only thing that's going to allow yourself to evolve is your ability to give time to allow change to happen. And for like spiritual mamas out there who want to get spiritual, who want to do this healing, like I know you don't have the same time as like somebody who is not a mom (laughs) has. Like you don't have Mm -hmm. the same amount of time. So you should be on the passive healing bandwagon. You get to look in your little yes. two hour me time of I'm going to do a past life regression. You get to do that past life regression. And then you're like, and now I can just live my life as it starts to like click into place. Like that is so powerful to do stuff like Reiki, to do stuff like past life regressions, to do stuff like Akashic records where it clears, it heals, mm-hmm. it brings things out. And then you can be like, and now I just get to vibe with it. Like it's a time hack. Yeah. <laughs> No, 1000%. I think that's beautiful. And also like, I'm getting this bit, like, I actually never thought about it this way. But like, to your point about instant gratification, 
everyone wants this like big blossomed flower. Everyone wants the result. Everyone wants the beauty of the thing. No one wants to plant the seeds. Yes. Sorry, that sound very like Kim K. Like nobody yeah. wants to work Get anymore. Off your ass I'm not saying work. that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is like, sometimes the seed needs to be planted. Like that past life regression that you gave me planted so many seeds that like, I had no idea we're going to flourish this way. Like I could tell you straight from the seeds that were planted that day, some of them are not even done, but like, okay, so I ended up being a past life regressionist, would have never known what it was had I not sat with you that day. I ended up stepping up as a healer, would have never started integrating a lot of the modalities even prior to this, had I not learned that like, I actually can have both and that I'm meant to have both. I never would have started opening up to my family. Like I sat my parents down and was like, I'm super clairvoyant like I can see I have dreams of people and things and like I see things and like I feel things and like not everyone has this experience but like I can't be so afraid to talk about this would have never ever planted that seed and now they have really beautiful questions and like now they have their own spiritual journey that has blossomed from that um another seed that was planted was like even being able to trust that like I'm meant to be a mother one day and I'm going to get to heal also that shame. And like, I've since that point, like really did healing around that son that I lost and like really sat back and accepted the fact that like, there are going to be things in this lifetime I can't control, but it's about the connection that you have with people and like sitting in deep meditation around that, like those seeds that were planted, I couldn't have known at the time, but like they are now starting to grow and they're starting to blossom and create for my life now. There are seeds that I'm putting in my life right now that I might not even be conscious or aware of that are going to blossom and give me something later. So for everyone who's like, well, I want it now, like as much as you say that, you don't know A, what you've planted in the past that's going to give it to you and B, like what actually needs to happen for you now to give you something You would later. miss out on so much that the world could give you if you just wanted, like, if you just were immediately given the things that you wanted, right? You would miss out mm-hmm. on so, so much. If I was given everything that I wanted when I immediately thought that I wanted it, I probably would not be where I am right now. I would not be living in Europe. I would not be doing what I want to do. I'd be on a totally different life path because sometimes you need to take the path so that it can lead you a different place than you think it's going to that ends up being so much better and have so much more in it. This is a beautiful segue, Maggie. (laughs) So I want to talk about how when I first met you, you were reading tarot and you were doing past life regression, which I thought was really cool. Maggie has this one service. I believe she still has it, but it's this really beautiful service of like business and tarot kind of all pulled together. And I know that you have really fun things. We'll talk about at the end, some of the new fun things that you have coming with like business and just spirituality. But something that happened through past life regression that Maggie shared with me that I was really interested in talking about today was that through past life regression, she actually realized she was wildly psychic. (laughs) So from my experience, I will never forget, I came out of this I came out of my past life regression and she had me journal, which is even what I have my clients do, like journal everything that I saw. And I remember feeling like it was going to be so difficult to describe to this woman. I'm like, damn, this is the second time I've met this lady. She's going to think I'm nuts because I was just a tribal woman (laughs) who healed people. And now I was like with my soul group and my family. And like, she's going to think I'm crazy. And before, like, mind you, I shared really openly my experience. Maggie was able to validate my experience by saying that she felt heard and saw very similar things. And that blew my And I write it mind. down, right? I so, write it down when you're in the session and then I don't touch my pen after you 
begin speaking so that it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not just being like, yeah, I felt that too. But I'm actually <laughs> saying like, yes, I wrote this down when you were in your session and I like had no way of knowing this. It's it's just what I felt. Yeah. And as a regressionist, even myself, like that's not a thing. <laughs> like I remember getting, it's actually crazy. I remember getting to past life regression, like to the program that I, that we both took, but like I took separately from you. And I remember getting to the chapter where we we're talking about like, okay, how does this work? I remember like, well, where do the visions come in? Like, where do the, you know, I can feel everything and I write it down. And the um, facilitator just looked at me on the zoom call and was like, Alex, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? And I was like, you know, you got to see everything. You got to feel everything. Where is it? Like what happens? And that's when I realized I was like, oh no, Maggie is just a electric, very special being who like has this gift. So tell us about how that's come in. Tell us about how you feel about it and like kind of where you're taking your medium. Yeah. I mean, it was so unexpected. I think deep down, I always knew I could do it, but I was like, I don't know how to even start. I remember like I had a friend who was very into mediumship and stuff. And I thought to myself like, well, I just can't do what she does. But like secretly deep down, I was like, you could do what she does. But I just was like, I don't, how do you even start that? Like, do I just say, okay, mm-hmm. spirits show yourself? Like, well, how do I even, <laughs> how do I even do that? Yeah, do you tell yeah. everyone just to be like, and, and okay, up here. come on in. Like, I had no idea how to even start to understand it and going about it. And I was really interested in past lives because I don't come from a very spiritual family, but my mom has always said that she has past life memories, that she remembers this past life. So that was my first deck was a past life oracle deck. It was like really my intro to everything because it's something I had heard growing up. So I was so interested about it. And so when I found out I could do past life regression, I just thought, well, this is something this is something I want to do. So I took Mm -hmm. the course and then I was doing sessions and I was realizing that, you know, I'm feeling what they're saying. But again, I didn't want to just be like, yeah, I felt that too. Cause like, who's going to believe me, you know, maybe they would, but it's pretty far fetched to be like, I also felt that you're right. You know? So, (laughs) so I wanted to start writing it down, but that was really scary because it was like, okay, I have to trust that what I'm writing down makes sense. Right. And I remember messaging Nikki about it, the the woman who certified both of us, and saying, I don't know what's going on, but I'm feeling like what other people are feeling. And she was like, if you're comfortable, run with it. See where it takes you. And then I started getting some messages. And at first it was just like very generic messages. Like I think it was just what I was open to hearing at first, right? And they were just from, I couldn't point pinpoint them to who, but it was like, this is what your soul group wants to tell you. You know, you bring them into the light after the past life regression and you say, here's a moment with your soul group. And I would get things like, you are so loved or like, just keep trying, keep doing this, blah, blah, blah. And so I started writing those down and I would give like little, it was like three sentences. I'd be like, this was what your soul group Mm -hmm. said. And that's all I'd have. Then I started to get more specific messages. I started to have people's loved ones coming through. I started to have very like formed, like, I could understand them and see them people's specific guides. I don't even know. I'm I'm trying to remember. I know I gave you messages from your guides, but I would be so interested to go in again with you, Alex, which I know we are going to do soon yeah. and just say like, let's see these like full fledged guides that are coming through. Cause I get like names. I get full messages. I can tell you their energy. They'll say like, this is how you communicate with me, which I know we did with yours. And you know, yeah. they will give you specific 
advice. They'll give you specific rituals to do. And then your loved ones, sometimes they have something to say. And then sometimes they just want to say hi. And it's one of those things that blows my mind. And it's really, it's funny that you said you sat down with your parents because I think it's done the same thing for my parents of them being like, how is this possible? I did one at my parents' house when I was visiting them and I had a call. So I did the call from their house and I was telling them about it afterwards, how I had this client and her grandma came through and I said, she's looking, I drew a little picture of it because she was asking about, you know, those like angel charms, like the tacky angel charms. Sorry if you love them, but like the tacky angel charms that you hang (laughs) in your cars, they're on like the little clip. Yes. Um, I was asking her about it. I was like, your grandma wants to know, like, where is it? Where is it? She's like, and I showed her the little picture. She's like, that's so funny. My, my cousins and my mom are going to die because she would give them to everyone and be like, you need this to keep safe. And like, none of them can, can find it in their hearts to get rid of them even after she's passed. Cause they know how she was like, you need to have one. If one broke or they lost one, she'd get them a new one. And this girl's like, grandma, I don't have a car anymore. And I was like, she does not care. She's like, put it on your luggage, put it in your purse. Like it's supposed to protect you is how I protect you. Um, and it was so funny because I saw this thing so clearly. Right. And she's like, yeah, that's literally what she used to give us. And I like went up and told my parents. And then every time we went anywhere, I was home for like two weeks and they, my dad was so blown away by it. He'd be like, tell this person about the angel charm. And I'm like, dad, people are going to think I'm crazy. No, exactly. It's really funny because your dad was like wildly impressed and my dad was like, well, why why didn't I have that yeah. gift? Like my dad took it the opposite way and was like, what about me? I didn't have, I was my not bored like, with it. And I was like, okay. My well. dad's like, well, are you ever wrong? And I was like, no. <laughs> Wait, like what a good question though. Like, are you there's, ever There's wrong? times where someone's like, I don't really understand. And then they come back and they're like, oh my gosh, this is what it is right? Um, where it's really, really clear. So yeah, to your point. So going back to like, even when you were with my guides, really interesting. I would love for you to break down in a moment, like what is it to have a soul group? What it is to have spirit guides, like something I'm really familiar with and language I use all the time. But like, I think it's language that any new like spiritual body out there who's like coming into this world and really starting to accept might not know how to lean on that. But for me, so really interestingly enough, I'm very blessed. I don't have a lot of passed on family right now in my life. Thank God. I'm just, we live a long time and we're very healthy people. And I love that for me. I'm going to live to 102 and I'm, I'm calling it now. But the very few people who have passed on or the very few connections that I know I have, Maggie called out immediately. They were like, I, I see, you know, this woman, this is her energy. This is what she feels like. I'm like, I can't really see her, which made a lot of sense because the people who have passed on in my life, um, I was really young. So like, I don't necessarily have a visualization of, I don't necessarily have like a vision, but I know how they felt and I know the connections that we had. And you were able to draw that so clearly that I was like, I thought I saw her there. Like I thought she was there. And even like your ability to say like, I know with the one guide of mine at the time, I remember you were like, well, she's getting back to come back. Like, so I can't see her. She can't come too close, but like, she's there. She loves you. She's with you. And it sounds crazy to anybody who's listening. And you're like, dude, what the fuck is a guide? Like what is happening? But like, 
everyone does have this expansive and supportive soul team, soul group that like is here to really help you on your mission and guides, they come in and out of your life at different chapters and different moments. And that's always been my experience with it. But I don't think I've ever crystallized a real definition of like, what does it mean to have them? What is their purpose? And like, what dictates when they come in or out? Does everyone have a bunch, a few? So if you want to give your take, like your hot take on like, okay, you're a spiritual baddie girl. This is what's happening on a different realm that you have no fucking clue about. Yeah, I would say you have like two people that like two kind of entities that sort of like follow you and one is going to be past loved ones who are watching over you. A lot of the times past loved ones aren't super influential in your life. Like they're not trying to push you to do things unless maybe they were already like that in life or unless they were very, very close to you, right? Like if you had a very, very close grandparent or if you had a parent who has passed and they were very very involved and they were already really involved in your life they might be a little more chatty right if they see something in you that they feel like they could help you with if they had been there in your life they might be a little bit more chatty but a lot of the time our loved ones they just want to help us heal from stuff that was unresolved and they just want us to know that they're there like I remember having this beautiful moment with uh this one client I was working with for her first past life regression and I asked her like have you have you lost a grandmother and she said yeah and I was like she just loves you so much like she's not even trying to get you to go anywhere she's not she's not you know trying to tell you to do anything she's not trying to run your life she's just watching and she's proud of you and she loves you and this was probably one of the most beautiful moments I've ever had in a passive regression where her grandma was just like when you feel the sun on your face that's me and it was oh my gosh oh I know and she cried I was like don't cry hold yourself together (laughs) but it's really hard as the person in between like I don't think people talk about this very much you are the conduit for these people you are the you are the speaker, the the megaphone for this person who cannot talk to their person on earth otherwise. And you're feeling the emotions of both sides coursing through to each other. So like her grandma's like, I love you so much. I could cry. And she's crying being like, grandma. And I'm like, do not cry. Hold yourself together. You are a professional. <laughs> like not to my client, but like to myself. I'm like, I cannot cry. I'm a professional. I can't bawl my eyes out right now, even though I feel it all. absolutely well that's the thing is like typically if you're on this journey you already identify as being an empath so you can only imagine and this happens all the time like I can only take so many clients in a day because it's too much energy to hold like I need moments where I could like take a step back and be like oh that was a lot and like not a bad a lot it's just a lot You're, you're managing a lot of other people's energy can you imagine if it was like living energy that's like present right now and like energy from like a different realm like I would feel exhausted I feel like a puddle of water I'd be like I gotta take I cannot do more than two passive regressions a day and after that I'm like I am sleepy I'm a sleepy girly pop but then the other side to answer your question the other side are like spirit guides and these aren't necessarily people like I call them past loved ones right and and then spirit guides and your spirit guides aren't necessarily people you've known um they might be people you've known from past lives like sometimes I had a client who her husband in a past life was watching over her um and was staying there because she was not 
meant to have like biological children. She adopted a lot of children, but she wasn't meant to have biological children in this lifetime. But they had had many lives together where they were together and they had these two children. And he was like, I'm staying on this side with the children so that you can go live this life and so that you know that they're still good and they have someone and they're protected and you don't have to feel guilt about the fact that they are not with you because you know mm-hmm. that someone who loves you is there and she went through the past life regression and then he came through to me and I'm like do you know who this is and she's like that sounds exactly like the person I just met in my past life regression I said well he's here watching over you he just hasn't he just like they have not reincarnated into this life they're not going to because you have a different path to take right now and so that's a spirit guide of a person you knew but in a past life and then you also have spirit guides who are just like energy who are just like other things whatever you want to believe them to be people have ones that manifest looking like animals when I see them that look like people Mm -hmm. but like maybe kind of cartoonish or like slightly non-humanoid humanoid people and then there's also sometimes it's literally just energy Like, I'm like, this guide is a bright pink light. Like, that's literally all I see. And usually these guides will kind of rule over certain aspects of your life. So sometimes people have tons of guides. And you might not even work with them all in this lifetime, depending on how much you heal, depending on what paths you go down. Some people have less. Like, some people may not have a career guide because their passion and purpose and focus in this life isn't career right? Whereas other, it's so focused on career and that's what they're meant to do. And so they'll have a career guide. And you usually, what I have found, I mean, everyone's different. Everyone's path is different. So I can't say this is a hundred percent what everyone has, but typically someone has like a guide that I like to call like kind of the gatekeeper. And so you have like one big Mm -hmm. powerful guide and that person's going to talk to you to tell you things that maybe you haven't tapped into this one guide and they can't get messages through. So this one is like your big universal guide. They'll probably send your big sign. If you have one sign that means a lot to you, that's probably from this gatekeeper person. They kind of keep the other guides at bay. They're like, hey, ancestral guide, she really needs to focus on her career right now. Take a hot seat back. I've literally had past life regressions with this one client of mine who has lots of spirit guides. And I saw her like main lady holding everyone back being like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm closing the doors now. And so you usually have that one main one who you can really ask about anything that will help you with anything. And it's kind of like your general guide. And then you have your like specific ones as well. I'm hearing from you. So like, that was such a beautiful such a beautiful explanation because I think that I remember when I first started understanding guides and having a soul group, my brain raced with questions of like, how, why, what, excuse me, where, when, can I have them now? Can you talk to me all the time? Because I'm a lost baby. Like, tell me what to do. And I think what you explained really beautifully, and like, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, each one of our souls come into this lifetime with a purpose, whether we can identify that purpose immediately or not. And let's be clear, purpose isn't title. It's not like you're meant to be a mother. Like oh, that could be a part of your path that you're meant to do, but like that's not your purpose mm-hmm. in life. Your purpose is almost like a, um, I don't have a better way to describe it, but it's like the mission, the true mission behind what why you're meant you're here, to the learn. True lesson, right? I really think what yeah. you're meant to learn exactly. And so what you're describing is that like we come into every lifetime with 
lessons that have to be learned, not have to, but are the intentions to be learned and with missions that are meant for us to explore. And what these guides do is they hold the guardrails. They keep us on path. They allow us to continue to see what we were meant to learn and stay attached to the course. And I think this is where it gets really difficult sometimes because we're talking about a very spiritual experience in a 3D Mm -hmm. world. Right. So like even what you just said, like some lifetimes are not about career, which is really hard for our Western world minds to sometimes accept that like we're not here just to see how far we can get in some job somewhere. Like there's other things. And so to think about it like you, but you still have to be indoctrinated into that when you choose to come back to this life. Like if you want to live in the Western world, sadly, for the most part, you do have to have a job like you do have to have a career path. It just is something that's very quiet and in the background of like what you're actually meant to experience and do in this life. And so I think you did such a lovely job explaining soul group spirit guides. And I guess my last question here as someone who is stepping into mediumship and being a psychic is like, what can, what's the range of being able to connect? So for somebody who's hearing this and they're like, I'm interested, I want to connect deeper versus someone who's like, bitch, I've known my guides. I love them. Like, what would be your overall biggest thing to connecting? Like to them? start a connection sort of, like to open that up? To start a connection for the new girlies. Yeah, to start a connection with the new girlies and for the girlies who are like, I know them, they're like my best friends. What are some of those deeper, more implemented things that these girls or these women, I should say, should be doing to continue bringing that connection to the surface? Because you and I even talked about it, but like you being psychic or having mediumship, like it's special to you in the way that you've been able to uncover it within yourself. But like we all do have this capability. It's just blocked. Yeah, I think anyone can do what I do. You just have to, it just comes a bit easier to others. It's a bit more on the surface. It's the same way that like, Anyone can get really, really good at a sport, but someone who is, you know, maybe taller or someone who has the natural ability, they might catch on faster and they might, you know, become really good because they see the results. So they're like, oh, I'm going to keep going with this. But it's like, it's a talent that anyone can have. And if you practice long enough and you tap into it long enough, anyone can do these things, right? And mm-hmm. I think it's the same with same with spirituality. And so, I mean, for your guides, the best thing to do to start out, I tell this to literally everyone. If you've heard me before, you've probably heard me say this many, many times, but start what I like to call like a spirit guide or angel number, uh, like universal connection codex sort of. So like get your own journal and write like at the very beginning, Okay, one 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 two 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 three three three, like the normal ones, and then you can pick a sign. You can say, okay, my big universal sign is going to be for me. It's like a fox, so I would write fox, and I would put universal sign. Or if you notice, there's something you see all the time, like you're like, oh my god, I see ladybugs always. I, they always catch my eye. I always see them. I feel like they're a sign. I just don't know what it means. Write down ladybugs. Then take like one to two pages for every single. Uh, sign that you've put in your codex, maybe a little extra, or maybe get a binder that you can just slide pages into. And when you see that sign, take 30 seconds. And if you have to send yourself a voice note, if you have to write it in the notes of your phone, because you don't have that codex with you, ask yourself, what was I thinking? What was going on in my life? And how was I feeling when I saw this sign? Because things like angel numbers or imagery, they are going to have collective meanings for everyone. It's the same where You know, you can say, okay, the moon, when it's here, it means this for everyone, but we're individual beings with individual energy. So it's going to really mean something different to all of us when we really break it down. That Mm -hmm. collective meaning can be really impactful, but it can be extra special when you figure out exactly what your guides 
mean when they say this. So when you start to write down every single time and you log it into your little log book, your little codex book, and you know, okay, now I've seen 222 six times. What's the pattern? Maybe you're always in like a really difficult situation with work when you see 222. Or maybe all of a sudden you're in a really like low mood and you see 222. Maybe for me when I see 222 is my guide saying, you are missing it. You're in a moment that's really beautiful and you're freaking missing it. And your head is somewhere else. And that's what happened to me. I was in Spain. It was my first like really big trip after moving here. And I was on this little patio eating gelato with uh, my partner and we were going to go to a wine festival, but we had had some problems with the Airbnb and booking the rest of our trip. And I was so stressed that I was just in my head thinking about everything I had to do and how I was going to do it. And then I looked down and I was number 222 on my little like receipt, my little (laughs) order number. And I was like, thank you. Because my guides were like, you're here. You're in the manifestation and you're missing it because you're too worried about the future. Enjoy yourself. You're in this moment. Look around and soak it in. But I wouldn't have realized that that's what that meant if I hadn't written it down and started to see the pattern of I was too much in my head when I saw it. And then what you can do is you can just start adding more and more signs. You can say, hey, spirit guide about career, I'd like to communicate through bumblebees and then start to notice and maybe your uh, career guide uses that bumblebee to specifically point out when something's going to blow up in your career, to point out when you're being too stressed, when you need to figure out the work-life balance, figure out what that means. And you can just start integrating more and more science into it until you literally are just having a chat. You're just like, I am constantly in communication with my guides in the universe. They're sending me these things. I have 20 signs. I know what they all mean. We have our own little language. Yeah, I think you hit on something perfectly. You you created that Rolodex, so to say, by being able to just like notice the synchronicities. And I, without realizing it, think I did something really similar. But the only difference is, is like I've been able to grow that to like, we'll take the bumblebee example. I'll see the bumblebee and intuitively I'll know exactly what it means immediately. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. So let's say bumblebee is about career. I see the bumblebee. That first intuitive thought is like the message. It's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. And and once you practice it more and you're in that space, you get to develop that muscle, right? And then you're like, I know exactly what's going on. So it's a great start for beginners to just be like, start with those beginner signs. Start with like the angel numbers that everyone notices when they start their spiritual journey. And for the spiritual girlies who are like, I love my guides. It's like, okay, how can you start flexing this muscle and improving and deepening this conversation? And this language, maybe, you know, like something with Alex we think is so funny is that her guys were like, we love cherries. Please leave us cherries. And so it's like, okay, how can you be like, all right, I'm going to be like, thank you guys. I'm going to honor my guides and like leave them little cherries. Maybe you want to work with an altar. Like there's so many ways that you can work with these guys and they don't need much because they're not there for them. They're here for you. So they're like, yeah, you're really appreciated. We love it when you listen. But also there's a lot of guides who will sit back and they'll be like, you take the wheel, honey. Like you, you go. Yours are not like that, Alex. Yours like to butt their little noses in. But there are some people who are like, I'm here if you need me, but I'm not going to push. So like you let me know, but I'm letting you run this life. Whereas other ones are like, Mm -hmm. let me co-run this life with you. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like every single time I've ever gotten a reading ever, 
literally even like my best friend who's super clairvoyant she's always like dude they yell I'm like yeah Mm -hmm. I know they're sassy and we're queen all of us are just these little queens running around being like yes no do it get it done hotties let me ask you this have you ever felt completely exhausted trying to hustle in ways that just don't seem to align with who you are like you're paddling upstream pursuing everyone else's definition of success Girl, I've been there. But if we could flip the script and do things in a way uniquely fitted to your natural talents, decision-making and inner truths, where you magnetize opportunities through ease and flow rather than grind and force, wouldn't you? That's the beauty of human design. It's essentially the feng shui of your internal landscape, helping you navigate life by your soul's instruction manual, not society's. We dig out your specific energetic blueprint so you can make empowered choices that make you feel good, unlock your gifts with less resistance, and clear inner blockages hindering your purpose. No more hustling against your grain, wearing yourself out trying to be someone you're not. Human design realigns you with your innate traits so you can call in exactly what lights you up. Do it with sustainable energy and watch new levels of flow, joy, and abundance manifest as a result. Dream life on your terms, my love. Sign up for your reading in the show notes to unlock the secrets of your human design. Let's uncover that soul manual so you can thrive in ways that feel oh so delicious. You know what's one thing, and this might be like a little, maybe a little bit toxic, and maybe you're allowed to be like, Alex, please don't do that. But you know what's one thing? One thing about me, let me tell you something. One thing about me is that I love control. I want to be in control. I want to know what's happening. I need to know everything, right? When I started this spiritual journey, so much of it was about letting go of control, which I feel like I used to call it the unclenching. Like I have to unclench this fist and just be an open palm to receive. But the craziest part is now, as I'm on this journey myself, and I feel really good about this journey I'm on, I feel like I'm back in control because I had to let go of my expectation of control. But because I have such a clear and connective experience and system with my own guides and with my own intuition, I'm like, oh, I know what the fuck's going on. Like, I know what's happening. And like, maybe I don't know what's coming next and maybe I I can't predict it. But what I do know is how I feel and I do know what I'm connected to. And I do know the questions I need to ask and like what rituals I need to do so I can get grounded and like put myself in the best experience possible. And so like, maybe I do have a little bit of control again, but she feels like- it's healthy control it's totally healthy control to be like it's not even I would say you let go of control you released control and you formed roots I think that's what it is it's not like you don't you're not controlling anything you're just so rooted in your trust within yourself and within your own energy and within your capabilities to connect with your guides to the universe and make things work and know that things are going to be okay that you're like I am so rooted in trust that I don't need the control anymore Yeah, I actually, that's a beautiful way to say it. I do feel really rooted in that. I've never trusted myself so much. Like there's an implicit trust that I have with my experience to the point where it's sometimes frustrating. Um, I will feel so grounded and I trust so deeply where I'm going that to not have the answers now is completely debilitating. I'm like, how is it that I trust so deeply who I'm becoming? But yet right now in this moment, I don't have answers and I don't know what to do, which was my life a couple months ago. And I feel like it's the proof is what happens when, you know, you kind of step in to just keeping on, like allowing yourself to let time unravel and experience, which kind of brings me into 
our next little piece of it, which is just kind of a check-in of like where we are in our lives. I mean, we just talked about some like pretty heavy, but cool shit. Like I could literally talk about this all day long. I geek out personally, like on a personal note, this is the stuff that like I'm constantly looking into on my own and like feel so connected to, even though I don't talk about it a lot on my own platforms. Um, And so I'll start with my life right now is conversations like this and connections like this have been absolutely flowing through my life. And it's so crazy because all but like, what was August? I would say like August, September. I like, while I wasn't like clinically told this, like I just was super depressed, like very unhappy, felt so chaotic on the inside, felt so unclear. Um, I had this really weird thing happening where I thought I was like, I had no discipline or I had no motivation, but the truth really was, is that like, I had to fix a lot of the things going on around lost. me. I, it's not that I lacked anything. I was lost. Yeah. And that's okay. I think like we have to normalize it's not meant to be okay all the time. I needed to find a couple things for myself. I needed to reestablish certain collaborations, certain roots for myself, come back to the healer that like I needed to heal myself. That like healer wound really became known to me at the at during the summer when it was like, girl, if you don't start accepting this, like we are going to make you sit down and accept it. And that's really what happened. And so now the start of 2024 has been really beautiful. I feel like I'm in this really interesting holding zone of like all of the stuff that all the seeds I'm putting down now are very much so still seeds. So I'm grappling with the fact that like I don't have the instant gratification, but like the level of fulfillment and joy that I feel right now and like how much progress I'm seeing is very different than what I saw in the past. Now, I will say I am a rising Capricorn and we are in Capricorn yeah, season. It's so much Capricorn. This. There's like so five like, planets in Capricorn. And I'm like kind of thrilled <laughs> and loving it, even though I'm not an astro girly. I might not know exactly what that means, but I do feel like it's helping me. So right now for me, it feels really expansive. It feels really good. I'm being a little bit impatient and I'm my impatience will sh- will manifest into disbelief. So like my impatience will then let my brain spiral and be like, oh, so I'm not going to ever have anything. I'm never going to be secure and everything's going to be bad forever. Sad. But I know for a fact that like that's not true. It's, it's totally a limiting belief that I'm working towards. I want to pose the same question for you. What's the season of life you're in right now? How are you feeling? You're in, I believe, Copenhagen yes, again. I and I love it here and I'm so happy with my life there's like some personal stuff going on behind the scenes that have nothing to do with me my business or like the city that I live in that I think are just really they're difficult because they're hard to I can't just think my way out of them it's like a physical block right and so I have been struggling with that and it's definitely been making we were talking about this before like in my sad girl era I just literally did a whole podcast like really vulnerable podcast that I just put up recently about it basically being like you know I'm not super happy right now and like that's okay like I'm really happy there's days where I'm so happy on last Monday I think it was I went like into the downtown city and I sat at a cafe and I did a bunch of work and I was like on some phone calls with different people and I had some and like even today we are doing this podcast I actually just did another podcast earlier today with somebody else and I have been doing really fun, expansive things. So I'm like feeling like there are times where I'm like, no, I'm really happy. I'm in my element. There's these things that I love, but then there's times that I'm also very, very low. And I was just talking about this, about how I think in the realm of work that we're in, and even if you're not a practitioner, but you're super, super spiritual, there's this toxic positivity that happens in the spiritual world where it's like 
you need to trust that like everything happens for a reason and everything's okay. And I'm like, I love that for us. I love that everything happens for a reason and that when things go wrong, they go wrong in the right way. But also we don't gaslight ourselves out of feelings. So if things are going wrong and we're sad about them, cry, like be angry, feel those feelings. There's so much power in the negative feelings. And by having this toxic positivity and guilting or shaming yourself into not feeling sad, all we're doing is we're not healing. We're just pushing them down. And I think there's so much, there's just so much shame of like, I've done so much work and I'm so happy and I have so many things that I should be grateful for. And I've had really great blessings in my life and maybe something really amazing just happened. Like I know for you, your kind of like dark night of the soul that you just went through happened like right after you got married. And you're like, I had the worst day of my life last year and the best day of my life. Like it's hard because you're like, I feel like I'm being ungrateful and I feel like Mm -hmm. people think I'm this perfect person who floats when they walk. And like, I feel so sad right now. And I feel shame for feeling sad, even though I have things that other people would want. And I feel shame for feeling depressed when I have so much to be thankful for. And I feel guilty for feeling sad when I am this super spiritual person who's supposed to be healed. And it's like, you can be the most healed person in the world and you'll still feel sad. If you're someone who's like, I don't feel grief. I don't feel sad and anger because I'm just so healed. You're not healed, babe. You're, you're, you're suppressing something. Yeah. You're not only suppressing something, but like numb is not okay. Like you should not be numbing yourself even to what you're saying, which like, thank you so much for so beautifully and vulnerably sharing, because I actually think that I wish somebody would have said that to me five months ago. I wish somebody would have looked at me and been like, you're allowed to be really sad right now. Like you're allowed to practice the dichotomy of having the most incredible, most expansive day of your life and not but a week later experiencing one of the most tragic things that could ever like happen to you as a freshly newly married Mm -hmm. person. Like it's one of those things that like, I just wish somebody was like, like reminded me this is the human experience. Like, and I've said this a lot on this podcast. It sounds very grim, but like it is my school of thought and it's what I've learned in my trainings and in my teachings is that the human experience is full of suffering. And so it's our responsibility to go back and re-identify and rediscover bliss, to remember, to relearn. It's the same thing I always tell people, like I have so many nieces and nephews in my life and I feel like I look at these little babies and I like want to like telepathically tell them like, just remember, like remember what you're here for. Like remember you're like I'm literally looking at these little sacks of skin I'm like remember like you have a purpose but it's gonna get hard and life is so ghetto out here sometimes like you're gonna be so sad sometimes you're gonna be so happy sometimes just remember because they this is the point of being a human is you are meant to feel these feelings there is so I wish I could like find an expert in this and have them on the podcast but like there is ancient wisdom in feelings like rage in feelings oh, like so anger. much like there's big emotions are a good thing like I I I struggle when I find like especially the little people in my life are not given the full space to experience those full emotions because I want to look at them and be like because uh-uh, your heart like, chakra is open your heart chakra is open I was literally just talking to this about like to someone about this the other day being like the reason children throw tantrums at the grocery store is because they are fully letting their emotions out. Does that mean I think you should throw a tantrum in the grocery store? No, because we are adults. But (laughs) I think we do learn how to regulate them a little bit more. But at the same time, I think when you're spiritually healed and you do start healing your energy, your heart chakra is going to be wide 
wide open and you're going to be like, I'm feeling things like I've never felt things before. And so having these big emotions are natural when you're so spiritually led and when you're living an energetically healed life. And so when you feel these things, you don't want to suppress them. You need to let them out and you just have to figure out, okay, how can I how can I do this? And sometimes you need to wallow. Sometimes you just need to take the day and just cry and watch a movie. And sometimes you need to be like, enough is enough. Get your ass up and work. No, enough is enough. I've done this to myself before. Enough is enough. Go out, go into the city, sit at a cafe, do work there, read your little book, have a self-care day that isn't wallowing on the couch. Like go do something for you. You need to figure out, okay, these are my emotions. What do I need? And when we allow ourselves to feel them, we can allow ourselves to get so much more in tune with them and say, okay, I need to wallow or I need to kick myself into gear and like give myself a little bit of tough love right now because you'll actually be able to work with it. And then it gets so much easier to lift yourself up out of those hard times and also just hold yourself yeah. during those hard times as well and be like, it's okay and things will get better, but let's just be sad for a moment because you're valid. Yeah, I'm so grateful you said that. So many different things that you just said to like light up for me where it's like how many times I've heard somebody say like, I like there's like a new trend. I don't think it's new, but like feeling emotions bad, like yeah. whether it's positive, negative, it's like people try to push like, away ew. feeling, but like you're so right. Yeah. You're so right though that like if you're pushing it away, like that's like that should really if you're somebody who actively goes out of your way to push away the feelings of whether they're good or bad, like really ask yourself, like, oh wow, there's like a big thing here that needs to be healed. There's a big, there's a big piece of this that needs to have a little bit of discovery and just I, we have to uncover something because that's that's not okay. I'm again I'm just so grateful that you shared vulnerably. And I guess without like unsolicited advice or anything like that. I think these are the ebbs and flows of life. And I know you're in your sad girl era right now. We're all crying in the club. Like this is the spiritual baddies club. And guess what? We cry in the club so hard in this club. Um, But what I will remind you is that like, it's in these tough emotions and in this deep range of feeling that you start to see the biggest, most impactful pieces of yourself. And I think I'm, I think I am leaving a part of myself. Like I think I'm stepping into a new chapter and also some of the things I'm feeling is just like grief for that old version of myself, because I know that things are shifting and I know that things are changing and I'm like, all right, let's figure out what this is. Let's figure out what this chapter is. And part of me is like, I'm never going to be that person I was last year. I'm never going to be that person I was when I first came to the city. And there's sadness there and there's grief there. And even though I know it's going to be so much better and I know I'm so happy to see where my life gets to go next. And it's like this huge, big adventure. I'm not one to stagnate. So I am excited about it. But there's also always going to be like that grief of a version of yourself. Absolutely. Which cheers to grieving the versions of ourselves we have to leave behind because it's tough. It's like the versions of yourself you leave behind. I think last year I had to grieve relationships that I thought would look a certain way and they're just not. And I think that's something that like a lot of us deal with, whether it's, you know, especially with like the intimate people in your life that you have to like grieve letting them go, whether it's a partner you had to break up with, um, you know, a mom, a dad, a, a sibling, a close friendship, even like your best friends, like people that 
you know, might have held the torch in parts of your life having to grieve when that torch doesn't need to be held that way. I mean, shit, sometimes I feel like I'm, I feel like we don't even give enough space to grieve when relationships have to change. Oh, a hundred percent. And just have to A hundred percent. And I think I really also was faced with that so boldly in the face when I went and visited my family for the first time in two and a half years where I'm like, my relationships of when I lived in Canada are not the same relationships anymore. And like, that's okay. But it's also really strange. And so I need this moment to maybe feel a a type of way about it. Good. Well, I'm glad you gave yourself space to feel a type of way. I'm always feeling a type of way. It's kind of my entire personality is feeling a type of way about all things. Um, Okay. Well, one of the last things that I always ask every single one is we talk about our Heal of Hotties hot takes, which is basically one thing that you want the hot girls to know, like a hot take that if if they're listening to this episode and they get one thing out of it, not even just about what we've spoken about, but in general, like what's a little healed hottie moment that like any healed girly should know if she's trying to live her absolute I think that like just this sounds, this sounds so like, mm, but let me explain it. Like it just sounds like live, laugh, love. I don't know, but like do one more <laughs> Live yeah. with love. It, it sounds like it's on a board in TJ Maxx that I yeah, can purchase like, right now. Like, do hey, one man. thing for your soul every day. This is why I mean it. That sounds like I could pick it up, burnt on a little piece of wood, and hang it up in my house, and people would be like, "Oh, you're that kind of person." But <laughs> what I mean by this is, like, truly listen to what one thing is that you want. Like, show up for yourself in one way every day, and that spirituality doesn't have to be this big woo-woo thing. It's literally just listening to your energy and your soul and being like, what do I need today? And sometimes it's a bag of chips and sometimes it's watching a movie. And then sometimes (laughs) it's going for a crystal bath and ascending to the next plane of existence. But like it's sometimes it's those things and super woo-woo, but sometimes it's like, let me buy myself a bag of cheddar cheese chips and eat them on my couch. And like my soul needs comfort. And that's what's going to give me comfort today. And so ask yourself truly, what do I need? You don't need these huge, crazy morning routines. If you want that and that's the era you are in, go off. But really, no matter what, just ask yourself what today, you know what I needed today? I took a fat nap. I took a fat nap with the sun shining in on my face. I don't even know how I did that. I fell asleep in the sun for like two hours. Like it was beaming in through my room. And I was like, I need to edit this podcast. No. And I took a nap instead. And I was like, I needed that. I needed rest today. Yeah. And I was able to go out with the rest of my day so much better because I did that. So just ask yourself, don't without judgment, what is one thing that will make me feel good today? What is one thing that I need? Yeah. And not out of expectation, but actually like yeah, asking yourself. Truly what do you need? What is it? I'm obsessed. I actually I actually have to ask myself that today. Yeah, what do you need, Alex? I needed a fat nap. Very much so like you, you know, I woke up this morning. I'll add this as my my final share. I woke up this morning and it's really weird to so where we're recording this on 111, right? So January eleventh, one one one, right? Angel numbers. And a new moon. And here we go well I woke up and just was like actually feeling kind of like not with it like I thought I'd wake up this morning and be like I can have the world and instead I woke up and I was like the world is not mine I'm gonna try my best today you're like the world belongs to someone else pull up the building it belongs to somebody else entirely and I'm just here in it and 
I think what I need today is acceptance of that. Just like, oh, like not every day is going to feel like I'm running and like producing and creating at a mile a minute. And that days like today, so I really want to lean into what, Yeah, what's something that you can do today to just accept that it's not your day? Like what's one way that you can feed yourself in a way like your soul and your energy to make it like it's okay that it's not your day? I'm going to go through my task list for today and rather I feel like yesterday I think I felt this way because I'm I low-key subconsciously shamed myself that I felt like I wasn't doing anything yesterday that was like actually impactful but I was doing like busy work which busy work is like busy work to me is like small talk mm-hmm. to people like I fucking hate it like I like I I hate just doing busy work for no reason um and so I think I was just like really hard on myself because of that Whereas I think now in hindsight, like actually today I'm going to end work at an appropriate time. Yes. And like when I'm done ending work at an appropriate time, I'm going to sit. I have a new moon ritual I always do. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to do my little meditation. And like honestly chill, like light a candle and be really quiet and just exist and not feel like I need to like talk yes. or create or do and just like receive, which is not something I give myself really often. I love often. that so much. I love that so much. Go do it. Thanks. Thanks. Well, Maggie, where can everyone love on you? I mean, clearly with the wisdom that you did, like, like you shared today, if I were anybody, I'd be like, where can I do everything <laughs> with Maggie all the time? So tell us everything we need to know about you. Where can we find you? Is there anything in particular going on in your business we should be looking for? Yeah. Like all the things I want. And I will put, I promise to all the listeners, if you just go into the show notes, you'll find her Instagram handle or email or however you want to be communicated with Max. But like, yeah, I, you can find me pretty much anywhere at spring moon Oracle. Uh, so you can find me anywhere there. Spring moon Oracle on Instagram. I have a YouTube as well, where I do Zodiac readings every month. So like for your specific Zodiac sign, you can go and see the energy of the month. There's like five to 10 minutes for every sign, every single season. So soon there'll be one for actually, when this comes out, I'll have just put up the ones for Aquarius season. So if you want to see your Aquarius season, go check out yours. I know Alex watches them. She sends me pictures of me on her TV and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> correct. Correct. I literally blow it up on my TV. I'm like, thanks, Maggie. I don't feel like such a lost asshole anymore. I love you. <laughs> I love it so much. And so we do, I do that. I do some like fun content. I have some fun content planned for YouTube coming up there, like some fun spiritual stuff. And yeah, my calendar, when this comes out with Block, will have just reopened. Uh, it was closed and now it's going to reopen for my tarot readings, passive regressions, and the business sessions that Alex like very briefly was on there. And I'm going to be doing three brand new sessions. And when you're hearing this, I think they're going to be on sale. I'm launching them on sale. My other sessions are the last time you can get them before the prices go up. So now I'm offering birth chart readings. So hour long astrological birth chart readings. And I'm going to be doing hour long psychic sessions where I'm not necessarily tapping into people's loved ones just because I cannot promise that because that is not up to me. People sometimes want to show up, sometimes they do not want to show up, but I always will get Mm -hmm. spirit guides. So I'm calling them like spirit guide sessions where I will sit down, channel your guides, channel your soul group, see who is there, what messages they have for you, how you can connect with them more and what they're really asking you to do right now. And so I'm launching that as a one-off session 
right now you can only get that like before you could only get it in my past life regression sessions but now you can still get it with a plr but also on its own and a new like little fun spunky one that i'm really excited about it's 30 minutes and it's a 30 minute call with me that we look at the astrology of your business so we look at the best way based on your birth chart and we can even look at the birth chart of your business if you want like you know look at everything and say okay what is the best way for me to market? What's the best way for me to speak up for myself? How do I hold space for people? If you want to launch a program, if you want to launch something, be like, all right, what's the energy behind this? What's the best way matching up with the energy of the stars, the energy um, all around you? What's the best way to do this? So I'll also have that. So there's a huge spiel of everything, but I'm just really excited about all my new offers that will be coming out literally the same week as this podcast. (laughs) I am so excited about them, especially as someone like, I wish that exact like psychic reading that you're talking about, that's the stuff I geek (laughs) out on. Like, I think it's because that's not something I've uncovered with myself. Like I can be so intuitive and supportive to other people, but I think my guides know that if I have really opened up that channel to them, I would be one powerful bad bitch. Like I would be like, I can rule the world. (laughs) So until I like totally like heal my ego around it, I don't think I'm going to have that access. And so that to me is one of those incredible services you're about to have. Um, And just even from somebody who has been in session with you, you really are just one of the most secret um, and intentional facilitators I've ever experienced. So um, if you're interested, please go hit up Maggie. Even if you just like send her a DM, she's like the sweetest soul and would probably even be obsessed with that. (laughs) Um, I am so grateful you were here today, Maggie. Thank you again for sharing your wisdom and your love. I can't wait to ironically bump into you in Paris again and get to squeeze you in human form. But virtually for now, I'm so grateful. And to all the baddies out there, thank you so much for listening today. Y'all are hot and incredible. And the fact that you can get grounded in these types of conversations and be inspired, just know that you are literally shifting generations to come. Everyone who gets to know you, experience you, love you, is so much better off now that you've grounded yourself in information like this, wisdom like this, and just been inspired by it. So I love y'all. I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today, my gorgeous Healed Hotties. You all mean the world to me, and I am just so grateful we get to do this work together. The best way for podcasters like myself to grow is by rates and reviews. So please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. And remember, hot girls don't gatekeep. So share this episode with your girls and anyone else you think would love to be in the club. Love you all tons. I will see you next week. Bye.